Blog Talk Radio. Content manager here at So Called Fantasy Experts and owner, uh, founder of FantasyCoolPack.net. Um, and of course, that one loaded later. Um, who knows? Anyway, I don't know what's going on here. Uh, we're just going to pretend I have no idea what's going on. Anyway, uh, my co host tonight, and as always, is AJ Applegarth. What's going on, man? Best, best show yet. Uh, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> good, good intro. Um, it, it, I can't tell if I'm laughing at myself or the Saturday Night Live skit that I just played. Uh, for those of you who could not recognize that, it was the parody on uh, the the Drake uh, Hotline Bling. I I guess is the song. I I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm old. I don't know this stuff. And uh, I, I didn't Saturday know what Live it was. was a fantastic so, uh... parody on it. It was fan- it was awesome. If you have not seen it, I. <laughs> Highly recommend you looking it up. You will get a very good laugh. You got to watch the video. Uh, the the audio doesn't do it doesn't do it justice. But anyway, man. Um, yeah. So let's see here. What did I leave out in the intro? Because I got all off whack there. Um, <laughs> go ahead and follow me on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter during the show at Fantasy Six Pack. Um, and you can always call in if you're listening. I'm sure the number's hitting you straight in the straight in the face there. But if not, it's uh, 646-716-7926. I wish I had a nice, like, what does that spell out thing? Kind of like all the other radio shows. But no, I, unfortunately, I don't. Um, so that's what you're stuck with. Uh, anyway, so fantasy playoffs are here in about probably 90% of the leagues that I have ever played in. Um, I know I've made it in three out of five leagues. I could potentially make it in another one, but I don't think I'm going to. Um, I know I, I did not make it in our fantasy six-pack league. I had a terrible, terrible week. Tyler uh, Eifert going, getting hurt, did not help. Um, started Jacob Tammy in his place. But uh, what what you got going on there with your with your league? Yeah, well we've uh, we've touched on on my uh, epic downfall in, in the fantasy six pack league. Starting out a, a rampant hot five and zero. Oh. And uh, finishing the season with, uh, let me see here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight straight losses. Uh, not really how I envisioned the season to it, but, um, hey, you know, whatever. 
it is what it is, I guess. And I, I'm kind of uh, kind of relieved, you know, in a sense, because even though this has not been a baseball long season, I, I do feel like it's been kind of a long season. Although, yeah, I pretty much agree with you. It's kind of weird that we're we're saying that, and yet here we are already in week thirteen, well, going into week fourteen of the football season. So it's like, wow, okay, there's there's you know only a few more weeks until the real playoffs start. So I do feel like it's gone kind of quick at the same time. So. Yeah, it's going quick, um, but it's been a long season just having to deal with. I mean, like, I mean, we've said it many, many times. I mean, just the the injuries and the stress that it's put on all the owners this year has been has been very different than years I can remember. So it's um, it's definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, it's been, it's been a grind league, this year for sure. If that's what you yeah. mean. <laughs> my my other but, league, I, I I didn't make the playoffs either, so not really, not really feeling the the fantasy uh, sports this this week, I guess, or this season. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, losing doesn't help. But uh, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> no. we are entering in the fantasy playoffs, and we do have to do a show, so. Um, wanted to talk about some of the players that are kind of, you know, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to reference that old scummy website that was out there with a hot or not or whatever that thing was. Uh, and, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't know why every time I say that, it's a stupid site. I remember, I remember being a freshman in college and looking at that thing. Um, so we're going to go into some of the, talk about some of the players that are, you know, hot and, and, and not hot heading into fantasy playoffs and kind of give a little brief you know, analysis on each one, whether or not you, you want to trust them going into the playoffs. You want to, you want to ride their hot streak or you think they'll get out of their funk or, or whatever. And and we'll start at some of these players who are kind of riding hot streaks. And I'll start with the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin, man, I'm going to mention both of them. They are on fire right now, man. Um, yeah, Russell Wilson's had three, four weeks in a row now. Uh, you know, just crazy three, high yeah, points. three hot weeks. It's the fourth and one. So been right there with him. Yeah, like I, they went on the bye in week nine, and uh, the guy in our fantasy six pack league dropped Wilson, and I immediately put a claim in on him, not thinking that I would even get it because I'm pretty sure that I was pretty low on the totem pole for, for claims, but I ended up getting him. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess well, the guy was desperate for a bye week fill-in, but I that, think and, it was just that same, Russell Wilson has been bad this year. Like, yeah, I was well, not bad, but he wasn't, he wasn't good, but he has moved all the way up to the number six. Yeah. The number six. Yeah. Fantasy I think he was down at like 15, 16 at one point, right before that buy. Definitely, definitely out of the top 10. And and he wasn't having a very good season, like you said. So it was somewhat justified, but still, I mean, he's only had, before the bye week, he had one game with more than one 
throwing touchdown. And he had a, a, a single throwing touchdown in every other game. Um, but since then, he's had, okay, against Arizona, a tough game. He went 240, one touchdown again, and one interception, 16.8 points. Uh, but since then, three touchdowns against San Fran, five touchdowns and 345 against Pittsburgh, and another three touchdowns against Minnesota, and no turnovers in any of those three games. So he's been on an absolute tear right now, and Baldwin is his go-to guy. He's catching all these these bombs to him, and, and he's making a huge impact in fantasy. And they're they're coming on, you know, whoever has these guys going into the playoffs, you know, look out. I mean, they've got yeah, I mean, they get Baltimore, yeah, Cleveland, and St. Louis. You could not have. Yeah, this is a good schedule setting up for them. I was going to say these are going to be two guys that I'm going to I'm going to rely on during the playoffs. Um, Yeah, you can't ask for two two hotter guys right now when it comes and, to, you know. You know and Doug even Thomas Rawls has been good for, yeah, you Rawls know. Yeah, Rawls has been good. As a fill-in, but, you know, I, I'm still not 100% on what's going on with, with uh, Marshall and if he's going to be back or I don't think not. he's going to. I read a report today that that um, the Seahawks think it might take longer for Lynch to come back than fully than originally expected. So, uh, I, I kind of said it a, a couple weeks ago. I told people to drop him. I was like, he's not going to yeah. come back for your fantasy playoffs. You might as well get rid of him. Um, I said at best he's coming back week 16, maybe week 17. Probably, you know, probably yeah. more likely week 17. But think about this, though. I wanted to say this before you mentioned Rawls. Think about this for a minute. Doug Baldwin, in his four previous years, has never caught more than five touchdown passes. Four, three, five, and three. He has caught five touchdown passes in the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, granted, okay, so you're not expecting that to continue. But I think you can continue pretty good production out of him. You know, with without Jimmy Graham, they're starting to pass more. I think that's probably the most important thing is, mm-hmm. is they're starting to pass more, which, you know, mean, means a lot. Yeah, I uh, I mean, this is a scary team right now. Their defense has been there most of the year, and, I, I mean, I'd, I'd be scared if I was any of those three teams that we just mentioned. And even Arizona, mm-hmm. the last game of the season, um, they, they have that's Arizona. Gonna have, that's going to have playoff implications, I almost guarantee it. That's going to be a huge game. And I... I would not be surprised if that one gets flexed into the Sunday night game. If it's not already there, I, I, I'm trying to find out now. But um, that game is going to be absolutely one to watch. Right now, it's a 4:25 game, so it's the Fox game of the week or whatever. But well, they don't. They don't think they have Sunday night. I don't think they have. You know like, you're right. Night. They don't. they don't have night and Monday night games that last week, so they can't flex yeah. it. Yeah, so they're already at the later, you know, afternoon. Yeah, but that, so, that I mean, game's it's going to be on. Be, it's yeah, in it be television, and, especially out of Arizona. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. 
um, they they beat them in Seattle earlier this year was what I was looking at. So, I mean, and they've got kind of a, I don't want to say a cookie-cutter schedule the rest of the way leading up to that either, but Seahawks definitely have the better schedule. Um, Arizona's looking at the Vikings, at Philly, who's coming off their huge win uh, against the Patriots, which is unbelievable in its own right. Uh, then they, they're at home against the Packers and at home against the Seahawks. So, you know, that's that's three playoff teams that they're looking at, and potentially four if the Eagles can somehow manage to win in the the crappy NFC East. But, yeah, that's uh, that's going to be a good game to look. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that's that's gonna be a good game. So, so moving on here, um, the next the next guy I want to talk about is somebody that I don't think a lot of people are, are thinking about, but Devontae Parker, Miami Dolphins. He's looked real good. Uh, Rashard Matthews has been out, so that's definitely helped. But um, you know, Devontae Parker, a lot of people liked him in the preseason, and now he's finally starting to kind of pick things back up um, or pick things up in general. He's been pretty non-existent the entire season but you know two two weeks in a row catching a touchdown four for 83 for 63 you know do you trust him going forward i mean he's got a pretty favorable schedule the giants the chargers and the colts is a pretty favorable schedule but you know i mean he's not getting the targets i guess is kind of my my worry you know if it weren't for the touchdowns he'd be pretty pretty awful five targets last week and well, 10 the week before, but he only caught four of them. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about this guy? I do like him. I like the talent that he has. Um, I want to say that he was injured for a while. That's why he wasn't on the field for most of the season. Um, I I could be wrong on that, but pretty sure that was a lot to do with it. But yeah, I mean, Four for 80 in a touchdown is nice. You know, three for 63 in a touchdown, okay. I mean, it's not mind-blowing, but I do like their schedule. Um, I, I don't know, though. I, I, I grabbed them in, in one of the daily fantasy leagues uh, for last week, and, you know, he, the touchdown was really his saving grace, but... Right. Three catches isn't, you know, if you're not getting, I mean, 10 targets is definitely nice. Um, and, and he could potentially get, you know, a high number of targets again against the Giants, uh, especially with, if Matthews doesn't play. And, you know, Landry was completely invisible last week. I, I don't know what happened to him, but. Um, yeah, that was that was definitely weird. He He should have been having a repeat performance of his game against the Jets uh, going up against Baltimore. And he had two receptions for five yards. That's, that's hurt a lot. Yeah. I expected, a much bigger, I expected a much bigger game out of Landry, um, but it, you know, it didn't happen, unfortunately. Yeah. But, but yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I don't know with, with Parker, I'm kind of thinking he'd be a good, you know, flex option if you're kind of struggling at, you know, filling the flex or even your wide receiver three, the good matchup helps. And I just, 
don't be surprised if he gets a two-catch, 20-yard game and, and you get a whole yeah. lot of nothing out of him. But, you know, he's definitely got the potential to do what he's been doing, especially with Rashard Matthews uh, mm-hmm. looking like he's still going to be out. Yeah. Um, so, so another another – yeah, I was going to say another another young receiver that that's kind of popping up here all of a sudden is Doriel Green-Beckham, another – you know, another guy that people seem to really like in the preseason, you know, he has all the potential, but just didn't really do anything with it. And now, you know, he, he's had, he's had a couple good games in a row here and, you know, he's looking like a, a target that Mariota wants to, you know, wants to, wants to look at. Yeah, I I do like uh, Green Beckham. I I did like him coming into the year a little bit. I had him, you know, a little bit higher on my draft boards than than some some other people did. I feel like, but uh, he missed the first week. Uh, he only had one catch the first the, in week two for a touchdown. Uh, two catches and one touchdown in week three. So the touchdowns was nice. But then, you know, he was battling some injuries too. And he just he has he had a huge game last week, five for one nineteen and a touchdown against Jacksonville, um in Tennessee's first home win uh of the season. And they're going up to to the Jets this week. Potentially a favorable matchup. I mean, you look at those cornerbacks and you would think that it's really not, but obviously we were just talking about, you know, Miami passing on the Jets and then yeah, the Jets have not been the same for a little while. So they haven't. So I, I, I do like him. I don't. I mean, he's another guy that's kind of a boom or bust candidate in my mind. I, I don't know if I'm really looking at him and being like, "Hey, this is the guy I've got to plug in for my playoffs and and no. you know ride the wave." But um, I mean, he's got a couple of fairly favorable matchups at, at the Jets and then at New England. But yeah, I'm not. Up, um. Yeah, I, I'm not really feeling feeling him as much. Uh, Mariota's up and down for sure, um, so that that doesn't help. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I I would I would tend to shy away from him. If I could, you know, if I, if I'm really desperate and I want to go for like a home run play, eh, maybe I can I can maybe see you doing it if that's the case. Um, but I'm not really I'm not gonna like go out and target him because I think he's gonna be awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not not at all. So. Um. Yeah, I, I think I'm gonna overall pass on him. So Yeah, um the next guy though, I, I really like Buck Allen here. He's been he's been tearing it up. Uh I mean and going in, you know, early on in uh, this past week's game, he was looking a little down and out. Baltimore was you know, looking like Baltimore. But then he had that huge uh, play for the touchdown, and I mean he was just bouncing off guys left and right, and he was so determined to get there. I mean that showed a lot to me, and 
you know, I think he's going to be, he's definitely going to be someone they're going to lean on the rest of the season, uh, as they should. I mean, really the only one of the few bright spots that Baltimore's had this season has been their, their running game has been pretty strong. Um, so, you know, I, I like him. I think, I mean, obviously he's, he's pretty much owned, well, it's only owned in 84%. So somewhere in some league, he's sitting out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. For it, whatever reason, dead league. Probably. Yeah. Um, he's probably, probably owned well, in but, every league that we know of, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I do like Buck Allen. I don't think he he doesn't have a very good schedule though. That that's my only worry with him. Yeah, he does have and, a tough schedule. Um, I mean, you saw what Seattle did to to Adrian Peterson last week. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not expecting I mean, a lot this week. No. And then Kansas uh, City and Pittsburgh. I mean, they're they're both pretty stout against the run. So that's it's not going to be an easy an easy game and on an easy road at all. The good news is, is he gets a lot of touches and that's yeah. what's going to save him. Oh yeah. You know, they kind of don't have any other choice. So, you know, that's, that's your saving grace with him. I think if you own him, you're probably using him just because you don't have a choice, but, oh, yeah. um, but I don't think you're going to be too disappointed you know, he even had a good game against St. Louis, who also have a, a pretty good run defense. You know, he didn't do it in the running game, but, you know, he still chips in in the passing game enough to, you know, definitely help you out. So well, I that's think that's really that's, that's what's helping you. That's, and that's where his damage has been done. I mean, he had 12 receptions for 107 yards and that touchdown against Miami. Right. Um, I mean, rushing 17 for 63 isn't a bad day. If you know, if you were getting points for carries, then that that helps too. Obviously, there, but you know, sixty-three yards isn't horrible. It's not great, but he hasn't had a single rushing touchdown yet this year. So he's doing his damage in the passing game, right? And that's what that's what you're banking on here. Um, so if he can if he can get into the flat, some nice blocking for some screens, he could still do a little damage against Seattle. I, I'm tempering expectations a little bit for him, but you know, I think he's he's definitely earned the right to be a starter in your in your uh roster. Yeah. So moving on to some players that are struggling, uh, you know, we'll hit these real quick. I think it's pretty obvious some of the guys we're gonna mention here. Um I'll just rip through the names and you can kind of give your, your two cents on on who you want to give. Philip Rivers Julio Jones, I wrote down, but you know he's not really struggling. It's more of he's not getting in the end zone. So yeah, I, I think you're still starting Julio, but he does get Carolina twice in these next two weeks. That's gonna be real hard. Uh, so it's an interesting one. You know, we did touch on that a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah. Todd Gurley, Randall Cobb, Eddie Lacy, and your boy. Your old boy, DeMarco Murray, or your new boy, whatever. I guess, yeah, duh, I'm mixing it up. DeMarco Murray. Yeah. You know, what What do you kind of think for these guys? Well, I mean, Cobb, I think, can have a big game. He can break out, but it's 
dependent on what Rogers wants to do. And it seems like he's gotten a real nice connection, you know, the, the Rogers to Rogers connection going on. Um, but Cobb's his, his safety net. I think he can still be productive, but it's got to be a good matchup for him, I think. Um, running back-wise, Lacey hasn't been there all season. Um, I mean, he had he had a good game a couple weeks ago, and then he was shut down last week. So I, I'm not really excited about starting Lacey. Um, hell, I picked up James Starks in our – fantasy six-pack league and started him and got 11 points out of him this past week so right that was that was better than what Lacey did and we've already talked about how Starks has been more productive so not not big on him either Gurley yeah that that offense is just anemic right now there's no quarterback play you really just you can't give him the ball every play and expect him you know wait for him to break one and, and make it but at the same time, I feel like really, unless you have a much better option, you're rolling Todd Gurley out there and, and hoping that he does something. Um, or, or Nick Foles or Case Keenum or, you know, whoever the heck they have, you know, behind those guys uh, is going to come in and, and figure out, oh, this is a football. You're supposed to throw it to these other guys on the edges here um, to open something up for Gurley. But People yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm really gonna be trusting Gurley. I mean, if I've got other options, uh, I'm I mean, using them ahead of Gurley. I mean, I was all about Gurley a few weeks ago, man. I, I, you know, I, I think I tweeted out something after he had like a, uh, he had a monster game, and yeah, I just remember being like, he's gonna be my number one running back for the rest of the season until he proves me otherwise, and he did that real quick. <laughs> Um, but oh, yeah. it's not, I don't I mean, think it's his fault, you know. It's no, it's definitely not. And he's got not necessarily a great schedule coming up. I mean, Detroit's kind of middle of the pack against the run, but again, you just saw what they did to, you know, Eddie Lacy after his breakout game. Um, you know, then they've got Tampa Bay, uh, and then at Seattle. So no, I'm I'm probably benching him too. And Demarco, Ooh. I don't even know. Or, I mean. Snaps, yeah, uh, two nights ago, man. That's a shame. Or, I mean, yeah, he just doesn't work in this system. He's a he's a north south runner, and Chip Kelly wants him running east to west way more than he wants him running north to south. If he could somehow figure out in his mind and turn a full ninety degrees and then be like, boom, I'm going you know north south now, and then you know cut and turn and then realize this is the real north-south, then maybe it would work. But uh, I don't know if his, you know, little sit-down on the plane ride home with Jeffrey Lurie is going to do anything. Um, And it's a shame because I I was really stoked about him coming in. I I knew that he was going to be a little bit, you know, he wasn't going to do what he did last year at Dallas. He had an awesome offensive line. It was a power running scheme where he could just hit the line, hit the hole, and go, and he did. But he he's not getting the snaps now. And I mean, they got a Barner in there who's who's getting snaps and taking him away from Murray. Um, you know, yeah, Sproles, I agree. who I, who I love, I mean, Darren Sproles is a shifty, awesome, you know, juking Madden 
<laughs> Madden-esque player. Um, but then you got Ryan Matthews potentially coming back this week. And, yeah. you know, it's it's just another mouth to feed. And Matthews is really, in my mind, when he's been on the field, I feel like he's outplayed Murray uh, in most of the games. But, I agree. So I definitely I, agree with you there, man. And, and it sucks being an Eagles fan because you get this big name coming in, you get excited, but I think it's a, a another failure of the system. I, I think the problem with these general managers and these coaches, they're not getting on the same page looking at these players and seeing this is what this guy's skill set is. Can well, we mold him? Realize, you do, do realize this? that this is your coach's fault. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> I, he, I'm not, he I'm not brought taking in the blame away from Chip. He brought, yeah, he brought in that guy. He got but at rid the same of time, he got rid McCoy. of Shady. And yeah, who should have been. Shady is, uh, I, I love Shady. I always will. But he was the quintessential, I'm going to dance around, dance around, and wait for something to happen. Oh, wait, I got hit. I'm already down. Like, so... I mean, and he's he's been strong for for Buffalo this year when he's been healthy, but I think yeah. a lot of that is also like a revenge thing. And this this week is going to be interesting, um, seeing him, you know, come home to Philly and probably put up 167 yards on on us. And, uh, I would and, love that. And just rub it, it in there. Maybe my dynasty first round league, first round of the playoffs, man. Would love me to have that happen. That'd be nice. Yeah, I, I, I mean, for me, for me, I'm kind of, I'm kind of iffy on all these guys. I mean, I've got Cobb in one league. I just, I find it hard to sit him. I also don't have a lot of other options. Um, yeah, Julio, I've got him. Like, it's just, you can't sit him. Now, I am going to sit Philip Rivers. Um, yeah, I've got, you know, quarterbacks are quarterbacks at this point. There's going to be a bajillion out there. Um, I'm sitting Lacey. I'm probably sitting Murray. Um, and I don't know if I can sit Gurley quite yet. Um, although he does have a tough matchup. So we'll, you know, if you've got other decent options, that's maybe a possibility, but um, there's not going to be a whole lot out there um, that I think you're going to be able to pick up. And speaking of picking up, uh, you know, we'll move on to our waiver wire here. Uh, we've got the resident waiver wire expert here, Christian uh, Lachelle, and um, bring him on here. And let's see if oh. I can click in. Christian, you there? Can you hear me? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Not too much. How are you? Good, good. So, uh, yeah, you are um writer for so called fancy experts. You do the waiver wire article every week. I think you do something else, but I'm kind of forgetting right now. Um yeah. a lot that goes on over here, so called fancy experts. But mm-hmm. wanted to bring you on and talk to you a little bit about this this first week of the playoffs for a lot of people and, and and for others, it's it's the last week of the regular season, so it's kind of a you know it's a crucial week for everybody involved. And uh, I want to get your take on some of your your uh, top waiver wire grabs for the week. 
So I'll just kind of let you let you lead the way, man. Go ahead and uh, take over All here right. and, and let yeah, us know yeah, what no you problem. think. I think if I was going to tell anybody about any one particular offensive player to go out and get, it would probably be Devontae Parker, the Miami Dolphins. He seems really amped up to play. If you did not see his jumping touchdown last week, go check that out because that'll that'll give you confidence that this guy's playing with with confidence and with some health, obviously, because it was a hell of a play. Uh, he's 21% owned in ESPN leagues, so I was kind of surprised to see that it was that low and that he actually made it. This I think is the second week that I got to include him on this, so. Check him out. Another wide receiver that I was kind of put at the top here, Tyler Lockett. Um, not because I'm in Seattle that I'm recommending a Seattle Seahawk. Uh, not from here. Uh, but Homer. <laughs> not at all. Uh, I, I'm from St. Louis where football, oh, okay. when, where football goes to die. So uh, <laughs> you pretty much are just a loyal Blues and Cardinals fan and hope for nothing else. But Regardless, Tyler Lockett is who I'm recommending from the Seattle Seahawks. He, if, if you're in a league that has return stats, th- this is a guy that you sh- probably should have targeted a while ago, and he's been up and down in ownership. He's been as high as probably 45%. Now he's down to 14, getting more targets. He had 90 yards last week. He had a touchdown in week 11. He caught all seven of his targets last week. So looks like he and Russell Wilson are finding a little – little chemistry of course that team teeing up in the second half uh tight end wise there were a lot of concussions this week so that kind of mixed things up and i didn't want to say go for crockett gilmore or his backup in the in the case that he doesn't clear the concussion protocol vance mcdonald however he's he's somebody that caught my eye he's only 16 percent owned and he he unfortunately is going through the concussion protocol as well it, it's hard to hard to avoid that anymore in, in this in this this 30% ownership threshold that I work with but he fills a role of like a, a tight end two or maybe if you have a flex where you can work in a tight end and you see a good matchup for him uh, there in the playoffs well your playoffs his regular season he's got some T1 upside Blaine Gabbert's thrown four of his five touchdowns to tight ends two of them to Vance McDonald so um other than that Torrey Smith 70 yard 71 yard touchdown Gabbard's just been looking tight ends ways in the end zone running back oh my gosh the 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 pit that has been running back this year off the waiver wire continues to get shallower but James White of the New England Patriots only 27 percent owned uh he had a huge breakout week 13 catching 10 of 13 targets for a touchdown at 115 yards. I, I don't imagine he'll replicate that on a weekly basis. Uh, I, I could I could see him doing something similar, maybe five of nine, something like that, if he really does fill in as the passing down back and take over for, for Deion Lewis, who was having a nice passing down back season. Do you want me to discuss a few quarterbacks, or is there any? You have any questions? Anything else you want? To no, I mean, I I, uh, I tend to agree with you. You know, we we actually discussed Devontae Parker. We did a little bit of uh, you know discussing some of the who's hot, who's not right now, going into the playoffs, and do you want to rely on some of these guys? And Devontae Parker was one of the ones we discussed. So we both do like him. Uh, you know, it's it's funny you mentioned Tyler Lockett. I was actually in. 
the the preseason I was in this random dynasty league and uh we had our rookie draft and me and my buddy uh drafted Tyler Lockett in the second round I'm, and I was kind of digging around and trying to find random guys to pick up and I, I saw Tyler Lockett's name and was like yeah you know I, I'm reading good things about the guy and um circumstances made us drop out of that yeah. league the the Unfortunately, the, the, the rules were a, a little too strange and it wasn't managed very well. Waivers were, I think the biggest thing was waivers were going off on us at random times of the week. So we could never <sighs> plan for it. And me and my buddy were just like, and we, we like started talking to people and <laughs> they were like defending it. And we're like, no, this is uh, no, I can't, I'm gone. And so yeah. luckily we hadn't paid a leak. Anyway, long story. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, uh, you know, Vance McDonald. If you're that, that's for tight end. I suppose if you lost Rock and you lost, uh, and, and and you lost Graham, then then you're just digging for anything at this point. So yeah, but and, Vance McDonald's been definitely performing. He's been getting the job done. So that's that's good yeah. there. Well, you know, given its concussion thing, I, I also put Luke Wilson on there again. Not the broken nose, Luke Wilson, but the the tight end, Luke Wilson, with two right. L's. <laughs> so make sure it's two L's if you look that up, everybody. It's one of those names. I mean, I've seen being on the waiver wire thing every week. It's funny to see who goes from 0% on to like 1% on because of the same last name. And he's like accidentally right. added. So make sure. Anyway, Luke Wilson filling in for Jimmy Graham. Obviously, he is not Jimmy Graham. But if if you lost Jimmy Graham and you're in a deep league and you need a second tight end, he's 2% owned right now. So. I can imagine he'll – I think I wrote about him last week. He might have more touchdown receptions than Jimmy Graham did. I think he has three or four, and I think Jimmy Graham might only have two. So, I mean, it's like he can perform at a touchdown value, but it's so hard to predict that sort of thing. And, again, that's kind of a desperation move. But the one concern I have with Devontae Parker that I didn't point out in, in the piece I wrote was that the, the team – the Dolphins have been leaning on Lamar Miller so much. It, you have to, you hope that Tannehill opens up the passing game and gets gets it into receivers' hands. Yeah, I mean they, they tend to they tend to lean on on Miller for about two weeks at a time, and then they decide, oh, never right. mind, we forgot who this guy is. So, yeah, he's definitely a boomer bust type of guy, and we, we kind of said the exact same thing. You know, one question I, I have for you is, you know, I know in your article you kind of lean toward guys that are 30% or, or less owned. Mm-hmm. Are, are there any guys that you looked at that were like right above that threshold that you say, like, if this guy's available, like he's an absolute must. Let's see. I mean, yeah, I was kind of looking at, I was trying to keep it under 50 and that's still really hard. If you're looking at running backs. Um, right. <laughs> and then it gets hard with, with running backs. It's, there's so many running back by committees, and most of those guys are going to be below 50% owned. So, like, Theo Riddick, you might even – I'm not even sure what, what Jock Bell's ownership is. I know I own him, and I'm like, yeah, he's a 33. So, the whole Detroit Lions, if you can if you can see something that I'm not, that's great. If you're seeing <laughs> you have a crystal up, ball? <laughs> well, you know, and I, I try and see, like, maybe there's a defense that's really weak against running backs, passing down running backs. And so there's like a huge amount of receptions and yards, but let me see here at uh, wide receiver. I'm sure there was somebody just on the cusp that I would have, I mean, Doug Baldwin is still not 60% off, which is like, yeah, 
Yeah, so we mentioned little... him too. That's <laughs> that's funny. So... I mean, just because of the upside, and if you're in the playoffs, maybe, and you're on, you know, you have the succeed. Who are you filling him in with? You know, like who right. who is not playing? So that's something to consider. Uh, Marcus Wheaton was a guy who suggested he's really under. He's below twenty percent owned, and he's totally touchdown dependent. So if you're looking at him, just be wary of that. Um, let's see who else. <clears throat> I'm a little surprised to see Anquan Bolden at less than 60% owned only because of the quarterback switch and maybe just banging on that. Plus he's got the Cleveland Browns this weekend. So that's uh that's an, that's a defense matchup that everyone likes. Um, and then let's see. Oh, it's been funny to watch Roddy White go up and down all year. And that's been disappointing. For so People drop people. him when somebody picks him up by name. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of those guys, too, like your Dwayne Harris's, uh, just, just so many touchdown-dependent guys. Um, ooh, I don't know if there's anybody else. Like Mike Wall, I'm not, I'm not in on Mike Wallace. Andre Johnson, Ew. no. Willie Sneeze, no. I mean, there's a lot of na- blasts from this year's past already. Stephon Diggs is still 70% on. So that's probably it there. Tight end-wise, oh, boy. I'm not even sure. Oh, well, you know, Jacob Tame is Tame or Tamey. I don't even know. But uh, I think it's Tammy. He's 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 maybe another another reach guy. He hasn't had a touchdown. He's had one touchdown this year and had come in several weeks. So he's not gonna. Partic- Kyle Rudolph is boomer bust too, and that's really annoying. So if you yeah, can, if you can see a boom happening, good for you. Go ahead and grab it. Um, that's probably it on the tight ends in terms of who's. I, I like Crockett. I've really liked Crockett Gilmore. I've had him in a in a league that you can just keep adding people in. But with this uh, with this concussion this week, I don't know. That's plus you've got the Seahawks, so it's probably better. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. But maybe he's one of those well, guys. If you're in like a new keeper league and you get to keep everybody. Yeah, yeah. So I see. Last question for you is: I see you've got mm-hmm. three quarterbacks listed here: Brian Hoyer, Osweiler, Osweiler, and Gabbert. Um, mm-hmm. Who's your Who's your favorite? Like, if you have to stream for the week, like you've got just a terrible quarterback matchup, and and you you just gotta try and play the odds here and and go for it. Who Who's your favorite out of these guys? I uh, probably go with Brock. I mean, just going up against that Raiders subpar defense, or at least what performs as a subpar secondary. Uh, they're down, they're negative ten on t- uh, touchdowns, interceptions there. So, and I, I think they they have a decent amount of sacks, but that's the matchup I like the most of those three. Gabbert's matchup is favorable, like I said. Uh, Cleveland Browns, 49ers game. I, the 49ers have a nice favorable defense to face there. And then if I'm looking just outside the ownership threshold, no problem. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is 42% owned. And oh, yeah. That's, I mean, that's a little under, I mean, that he, I don't think he's getting sacked at all. And he's got Chris Ivory to take a lot of pressure off of him. So that's impressive. And so maybe Fitzpatrick, if, he, if you're in a much shallower league. Hasselbeck, avoid. He's 40 and his body hurts which is unfortunate to see. Jay yeah. Cut- I'm not I'm not a Jay Cutler streamer either, so I would avoid that. Um, and I don't know that I want to suggest Party Boy Johnny Manbro 
Yeah, I can't do it. <laughs> so I can't so I do think, it. I think if you stick with those, I mean, four is four is a good amount to pick from. Fitzpatrick, Hoyer has the least favorable matchup. Keep that in mind. You got the Patriots, and the, they're the Patriots. So that's uh, just something to consider. Um, but yeah, those are the. I would say Brock if you have to. If not, you have good backups and Blaine Gabbert. Um, I, I I actually went to high school with Blaine, so it's kind of funny to be oh. talking about him now. And that is, that to, is funny. We sat. We used to. It's not. I mean, it's not something to brag about so much. It's just so strange to have seen him evolve in the NFL after eating lunch with him for a few semesters in high school. Uh, he was always really personable. He was a really funny guy. But I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if he was going to stay healthy. He got injured in high school at one point when they actually were broadcasting the ESPN game from the high school. Oh wow. So, That's funny. Good for him. That's cool. I'm, I'm glad. To, I'm glad to be able to recommend him now. <laughs> no, that's cool, man. That's real cool. You got the you got to write about him too. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, man. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. That's your uh, everybody. That's 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 Christian's waiver wire picks of the week for week 14. Um, go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, man. Yeah, on Twitter at Christian Rilo R I L O at the end of Christian, one word. Uh, Find me at so-called fantasy experts where I've been doing a lot of the, I also the waiver wire, the running back rankings reaction is the other thing I get to do, which is right. fun. That's, that's what it And was. then occasionally I just write about baseball for myself, but other people are welcome to read it. It's at diginndugout.com. All right, man. Good stuff. Yeah. He definitely, he definitely writes quality, quality stuff over here. So-called fantasy experts recommend checking them out and follow him on Twitter. All right, man. Thanks a lot. That was fun. All right. Have a good night. Bye. All right. Thanks. So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, let's, let's just finish off with the uh, the football talk here, and then we'll get into some of the baseball. So, the uh, the injuries that I think you're looking out for this week, uh, C.J. Anderson, um, ankle, and uh, – and then uh, you know he he mentioned Hasselbeck, so yeah, Anderson. Uh, I'll have to apologize in in, uh, in retrospect for me claiming his uh, coming out party this past week against a favorable <laughs> matchup. Here he is getting injured in in the second quarter, and then never made it back into the game. But <clears throat> if it makes anyone feel better, I uh, picked him up in my my daily leagues and played him and got jack squat from him. So. That was awesome. <laughs> that that is awesome. Yeah. Um, and and started him. Well, it didn't make a difference in my uh, my last game of, of my league, but I started him over uh, Sean Drawn, and that was ooh. kind of a mistake. But yeah, Drawn Drawn's been playing pretty well. Um, if he's not yeah, home he... for whatever reason, he needs to be. <laughs> well, because he's the 49ers, but. Yeah. I I wasn't buying it when he got you know he got the job, but he he gets a ton of work. Yeah. So yeah, just just uh, ripping through the rest of these real quick. Um, Alan Hearns looks like he's going to be back. Uh, Rashard Matthews mentioned him. He's going to be. He looks like he's going to be out still. Stevie Johnson and Dontrell Inman. Um, I believe Johnson has a groin injury, and Inman has. Totally blanking on Inman's injury. 
um, but he's injured. So, <laughs> uh, great, great insight there, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try to pull it up here. He Save is injured. I do know. I do know. It's a neck injury, so um, a neck strain, and yeah. I don't know if he's going to be back. Uh, I mean, he was like sent to the hospital and stuff, apparently. So that's pretty bad news there. Um, I think he's okay, but I don't. I don't foresee him playing. And then we've mentioned Ryan Matthews. Sounds like he's finally out of the concussion protocol, and he practiced today. So yeah. I, I think he's going to be back in, in, in action there. I know that we did want to talk about some baseball moves, and we've got some notes written down here, but I think there's been a lot more action going on today and even yesterday with the winter meetings kicking off. Um, price, the, the probably the, the two biggest ones, um, Price to the Red Sox. Uh, got a ginormous contract. Um, I can't even say the number. I don't know how big it is. Um, but it's like, yeah, like 30, 30 million, 30 million. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was like 30 million a year or something crazy like that. I remember seeing it just going, that's in my opinion, that's an idiotic move. I mean, I know he's, I know he's crazy good. But he's never had postseason success. I know that doesn't affect you fantasy wise. You just don't. I don't know. You don't. You can't pay a player that much. Seven year, two hundred and seventeen million dollars. That's uh, yeah. That's a, that's a lot of money. So, but it's a smaller yeah. amount than what the Diamondbacks are. Thirty-one to million dollars. Zach Greinke. Oh yeah. A yearly, smaller yearly amount because he's only on a six-year contract. I think it's uh, in the realm of 34 a year or something, and it's the biggest contract that, that's there. That's just um, insane that they're paying these guys that much money. Yeah, 206. Yep. Yeah, he's definitely going to get more. That's just crazy they're giving these guys as much money. I mean, I don't know. You, you think uh, – what do you think happens to their fantasy value? Well, I mean, Price is just clearly making his way through the AL East as, as much as he possibly can. So in probably another four years, you know, three to four years, depending on how Baltimore, or, uh, Boston's doing, you know, maybe he'll make his way down to Baltimore through a trade mid-season. Um, but it depends on, on what Boston can put on the field offensively. I mean, you know that he's going to still pitch well. Um, I mean, he's pitched in Boston before, so it's not like it's completely new territory for him. But I I do think it hurts him a little bit um, going back to the AL East. It's just a brutal division for pitchers. Um, It is. And when I'm I'm drafting my teams, I – really try to stay away from pitchers from that division. Um, you know, some guys you can't get around and, and you know, he's he's going to be easily he should still be a top 10 guy next year, you know, bearing injury. But top five, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if he will be. 
I think I'm I'm putting him at like in the six to eight range is yeah, where I think, I I'm, think I'm having him next year. Um, I think Granky on the other hand, Granky on the other hand, I mean he's again staying in the same weak division, um, but now he's got a pitch against the stronger team that he left. So I think that hurts him a little bit. Um, you know, going to Chase Field hurts him a little bit, although he has pitched well there, you know, since he's been a Dodger. Um, well, it helps pitched... that he plays against Arizona and they're terrible. So well, exactly. <laughs> that helps. But he's pitched, he pitched horribly there when he was with the Royals and the Brewers. So, you know, he, he's found a way to to work with the confines of Chase. And, and let's be honest, he's gotten better over the past few years in general anyways. So um, I still think he'll be good, but he's another guy I think may slide out of that top five. Um, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see him stay in it. Um, but I'm thinking he'd be right at five. Um so I'll give him like a five to seven range. You know, it's not really much different, but that's kind of how I see it going down. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I mean, there's still going to be top pitchers, but um, I think Greinke loses a little bit going to Arizona. He's not definitely not going to get as many wins, um, and he'll be pitching against the Dodgers instead of against Arizona. So that's definitely going to hurt. Price of the Sox yeah. moving to the AL East is never a good thing. Um, yeah, you know, just it's not even it's not even so much the teams; it's the ballparks that you have to pitch in. Those, like almost yeah. every single ballpark in the in in the East is just a home run hitter's park. Um, but you know, price is good enough to overcome stuff like that. Um, I'm gonna skip the next one. I want to save it, save uh, save save the next one for last. Um, one okay. of the other ones, I don't really know what to make of this one. Um, Jeff Samarja to San Francisco. I suppose it's good he's getting out of the AL because he clearly did horrible there. Um, yeah, um, San Francisco's a good ballpark to pitch in. Um, the NL West is typically a good division to pitch in, but uh, I think people are either going to love him this year or they're going to hate him. And I'm not sure which side of the coin I fall on. I need to really kind of analyze him this year to see what happened to him, to see if it was Suzuki, like if his FIP was high or something like that. I honestly have not evaluated him a whole, a whole lot yet. Um, but he's not somebody I think I'm going to actively target in leagues unless he drops like a rock. Yeah, I think he um he definitely needs to fall some uh to to really get me to look at him a little harder. I do like him. I, I liked him last year. I thought that he had you know a, a good thing going to to the White Sox cuz they're in, you know, a bit of a worse division. Um but right. He just really didn't impressed much, although I do think that I heard he um, I think he had his highest career wins last year 
at 13. Um, that might be possible. He didn't. He never won a lot of games when he was with the Cubs. So. Well, yeah, and that's that's why. So, I think it was you know a lot to do with that. Um, as far as you know him him getting it, but yeah, I mean he he had an unimpressive four nine six ERA. I'm sorry, he had eleven wins and thirteen losses last year. Um, but I think the eleven was still his highest career total. Yeah, so keeping with the pitching, uh, Jordan Zimmerman went to Detroit. I don't like this move at all. Um, they paid they paid him a pretty good sum of money uh, to, I think, be a number three, maybe. I mean, he be will he be their number two? What do they have? <laughs> um, they don't have price anymore. They don't have. Uh, they don't have Price. They don't have Scherzer. They've got Sanchez. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, really he's... Dumps. But, yeah, he's been declining the last couple of years, and uh, last year was not a very good season for him. And they've... I kind of – I don't really like this move. He's coming to the AL, and you see, you just see what happens to pitchers when they come over to the AL. And we just saw what happened to Justin Marja. So I'm not really liking that trade for him. Uh, no, they're they're going to slot him behind Verlander, Sanchez, and they'll probably be the two or three guy. And then they still have Alfredo yeah. Simone and Kyle Lobstein. So yeah, um, it's not I mean, it's not looking pretty in Detroit. But yeah, Zimmerman's not going to be their saving grace. They still have a solid offense. Um, I mean, they're going to put some runs on the board. I think that he'll be okay win-wise. His ERA, I think, is definitely going to go up. And he was a guy that I targeted, you know, in my dynasty league. But, you know, now I'm kind of mad. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't want him either. A couple other quick ones. Uh, Trumbo, Mark Trumbo was traded to Baltimore for Steve Clevenger and – I don't know who else. Actually, the the Orioles got somebody else out of that deal. I know, I know that had all to do with money, but that just seemed like a no brainer trade. Um, I don't really like Trumbo to be honest with you. Uh, I think he'll do well in, in in Baltimore if he could be an everyday DH or you know platoon with DH in first base and left field, depending on what happens with Chris Davis. Um, I think he's going to have power. Obviously, the average isn't going to be there. He's terrible at defense. Uh, I mean, I'll take it because as an Orioles fan, we gave up Steve Clevenger, but I'm not super excited about it. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the player he was three years ago uh, when he was playing for Arizona, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. It's just not going to happen. Um couple other ones that, that kind of happened. I haven't had really time to evaluate on them because uh, they happened about an hour before the show. The biggest one is is um, uh, well, one, Shelby Miller just got signed by the uh, Diamondbacks. So they, they, got, they got him. So that, that's, a, that's a pretty big one. 
Um, and then the, the other big one, kind of a, a two team thing, but separate transactions was uh, Ben Zobra signed with the Cubs and then the Cubs traded Starling Castro to the Yankees. Um, I guess I like the move for Zobris. I've never been a big Zobris fan. I feel like he doesn't bring a lot to the table for fantasy except for 800% eligibility. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, he's a good on-base hitter. He's not going to kill your average, but he's never going to hit a lot of home runs. He's never going to hit a lot of RBI. Like, he's not going to steal a lot. Like, he's he's an okay player. Um, eh, Whatever. Uh, Southern Castro, on the other hand, like he can be, I think, really good. And we saw it last year with the Cubs. He was, you know, back to his old self again. Um, you just got to wonder which Starling Castro is going to show up because he's had really terrible seasons and really good seasons. Um, so it's kind of hit or miss with him. I think you're rolling the dice with him all the time. So, um, yeah, I think the big thing to take from that deal is that now you're looking at what are the Cubs going to do with Javier Baez. Uh, I mean, right. is he I agree. staying down? Is he going to now come up and compete with Addison Russell who was grossly underwhelming uh, based on all the hype that he got coming into you know the prospect uh, season last year and everything? So it'll be interesting to see how that pans out or he becomes a trade ship and, and they go after a pitcher. Um, want to see how that unfolds, but lots of, lots of baseball moves going on. Yeah, man, it's been, it's been pretty exciting. And one that's very, very weird. This is going to be the last one. This is the one I skipped over. Um, the Reds had, had a deal in place with the Dodgers to send a Chapman to the Dodgers in return for, I forget who. Um, but Aroldis has domestic violence charges pending against him now, all of a sudden. Um, I read this crazy story and it, something about he like pushed and like choked his girlfriend in the garage, didn't like fired off 10 rounds. Not, I don't think it was at her, but I think he like fired 10 rounds from his gun. Like, yeah. Holy crap. Um, (laughs) that's, that's insane. So that deal is clearly just pending. And I think it's going to be pending for a while. And I wouldn't be one bit surprised if the Dodgers just pulled back on that one completely and moved on. Uh, but that would have been a huge, interesting move that, I think would have ultimately ruined both Chapman and um, Kenley Jansen. Jansen. Yeah. Yeah. They were already talking about how they were going to play both of them, you know, have both of them closed depending on matchups and, you know, rest and and things like that. Um, I just think that that ultimately just kills and it never works. Like, you can't have the closer by committee. Like, you just need somebody who knows that that's what their role is going to be. It just never works. But that's, yeah. that's my opinion. I don't I don't like the idea of having two elite top five guys like that, um, you know, or, well, easily top ten. Chapman's top three, really. But, I mean, it, it kind of worked for the Yankees last year with uh, – Patances and and Andrew Miller, 
But then, you know, you had the injuries come in, and it was like, okay, well, now we yeah, know they it's your gig. But they ultimately just picked one and just ran with it, yeah. you know. Yeah. They ran with Miller, and I, and I feel like that's what you have to do. Uh, it's nice to have that, like, ultimate good, you know, good backup option. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think one guy just ends up – especially in that case, they've both closed and were the guy at some point. So the fact that they're not going to – one of them wasn't going to be that guy anymore. I think in mm-hmm. in, in New York it was different because um, uh, I'm not in baseball mode, man. I'm forgetting names. Uh, the Tances. Yeah, Tances. He was not ever the guy unless there was an injury or it was so-and-so, you know, had pitched three days in a row or something like that. So, I'm getting a lot of static all of a sudden. Are you hearing that? I don't know. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, so the, the, it's, that's, that's an interesting one for sure. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be real interesting to see how that one plays out and see if that, that deal goes through. Um, I'm, I'm sure that'll be uh, – there'll be a lot of analysis and a, and a lot of differing opinions on, on that on that move if it, if it does – actually go through yeah and one last closer thing to mention while we're talking about him Kimbrell no longer Padre he's uh ah, that's been right. sent over that to, to Boston as well so I forgot about that, that was a while ago yeah that definitely uh you know locks him in as the closer there uh and pushes um Koji Uhara uh, to potentially being the setup guy, maybe to potentially retiring. Um, yeah, the guy's you know, got a. He's definitely up there, and he's you know he he finished out last year on the the DL, I believe, or at least he was injured. I don't know if they officially put him on because it was past the roster expansion. But so I again, I think. Um, that helps Kimbrell because I feel like he'll have more save opportunities uh, than he did in in San Diego. But yeah, that's probably pretty safe to say. Although Boston was pretty terrible this year, so who knows? They were, but <laughs> yeah, I think the the Hanley and Panda experiments did not pan out the way that they wanted them to, and. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see either one of those guys jettisoned off, you know, at some point this off season as well. I think it'll I think it'll be Hanley before Panda because he's got yeah. that contract so big though. Like wow, it's massive. He's pick that up. But yeah, no, that's uh, I mean that's gonna be it for the baseball talk. Now we need to move on and close out the show here. But it's good to be talking about baseball again. Um, as much as I was burnt out from it at the end of the summer. It's, you know, refreshing to talk about it after such what you like, like you said, kind of a long football season. So yeah. let's let's start talking about some baseball more. We'll 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 get that in more and more as the off season here kicks into higher gear. Um, but I did I did want to finish off here with with our patented uh, uh, week fourteen prep, and you know, we talk about the the best. The best fantasy game, the worst fantasy game, or sleepers and busts. 
And actually, I'm just going to go through mine. Um, I know you were struggling with, with time today. Uh, work work kind of caught up to you. So you didn't have time to prepare all this, and, and that's fine. So I'll just give mine, and you can give your two cents or you know, even your own guys if, if you want to chip in here. But, but my best game is going to be Pittsburgh-Cincy. I just think it's going to be a high game. I know Cincy's defense is, is typically pretty good. Um, and, and Pittsburgh's defense is better than than advertised, um, but I, I just I just think this is going to be a pretty high scoring game all around. Um, I could be totally wrong. Division games can be can be weird like that, and you know both teams know each other pretty well, so who knows? But I, I'm liking I'm liking my chances there with that one. Um, my worst fantasy game, I'm going to go with Dallas and Green Bay. Um, we all know that Dallas's offense is struggling. Um, Green Bay's, you know, I think we talked about it enough. Green Bay's de- offense is struggling enough that Dallas's defense, I think, can pressure Aaron Rodgers enough to to impact the game here. And I think, um, you know, Cobb, I actually had him kind of lined up as one of my one of my bus picks for the week, but I'm kind of looking at the rankings and I don't think I'm alone there. So it's not much of a bus pick. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if this, this game was, was held, you know, 20 to, and they didn't get a whole lot of scoring out of it. Um, my sleepers, my quarterback sleeper is going to be Jameis Winston uh, playing New Orleans at home. Uh, and so in Tampa, it says, Anybody playing New Orleans at this point is is likely going to have a good game. Uh, Jameis has proved many times that he can get the job done, so I, I like his chances there. Uh, my running back sleeper is going to be Sharkandrick West. I know he struggled a bit this past week coming back off the injury. Um, actually, uh, Spencer Ware got the touchdown, which which didn't make me very happy in one of my leagues. <laughs> But um, I, I think I think West is gonna is gonna have a, a pretty good a pretty good matchup there. Um, I'm, I'm totally forgetting who they're playing now. Um, they're playing San Diego. Yeah, so so you know playing San Diego, they are they are ten to twelve point favorites depending on what site you're looking at there. Um, so you know you, you're thinking at this point Kansas City should keep the ball on the ground quite a bit and it's going to, it's just going to get in Trekantic West hands. There, there's no reason why it wouldn't. Um, my sleeper wide receiver is actually going to be, you you would think that this is a no brainer, but Alan Hearns uh, is, is my sleeper and he's ranked pretty low. I think for a couple of reasons, one is, uh, you know, he, he's coming back off the injury he is practicing, so that kind of scares people away. Second off, you don't realize it, but Atlanta is actually decent against quarterbacks and receivers. But if you dig a little bit deeper into it, you'll see that they're really, really bad against the number two receiver. And they're number four, ranked number four, according to Football Outsiders, um, against the number one receivers. 
but they're 29th against the number two receivers. And that falls right into the lap of Alan Hearns. So I kind of think that Alan Hearns is going to be the direct beneficiary of, you know, most of the passing offense in this, in this game. Um, I think Alan Robinson's still a fairly safe play, um, but don't be surprised if he has a worse week than you're expecting from him just because he's been so good and Atlanta has, you know, has been advertised as a horrible defense, but beware he the Falcons are really are actually pretty good against number one receivers and my bus uh Drew Brees on the road against Tampa who actually isn't as bad as you think uh, on defense they, they've been respectable um especially lately um against against the pass um they moved they moved up to uh, what they move up to. I mean, they're, they're still 24th overall, but they've they've been a lot better lately. I do know that for a fact. Um, and just Drew Brees and the Saints are terrible on the road. My um, bus running back. We kind of spoke about this earlier. Todd Gurley. I don't really like the matchup. Um, and it, the. The Lions are a stout front front seven there, and I, I just think he's going to get kind of shut down again because there's nothing else there. We mentioned that before. It's not new news. And my bus receiver there is going to be Amari Cooper. Um, Denver Broncos, that's all I got to say. <laughs> all right. Yeah, so like you said, I, I didn't have really time to look at much in the way of uh, you know the games and stuff coming up, partially because of work, but partially because I I really don't have a hat in the game either, so I'm not really I'm not paying attention to my lineups this week for my uh, for my leagues, but um, just looking at at some daily fantasy stuff, uh, you know like DraftKings stuff, um, some of the guys I like there. Uh, quarterback, we already we already touched on you know the super hot hand of Russell Wilson. Um, I think you've got to play him. Uh, he he's definitely a solid start option. Cam Newton's been out of his mind, but you know he's got a you know Atlanta's been pretty good against opposing quarterbacks, and mm-hmm. he's got a higher price tag, so he's sitting at seventy five hundred on on um, uh, on DraftKings. I mean, I'd be tempted to if if you're worried about you know if you want a guy that's got a tough matchup, I'd potentially look at Roethlisberger because I do like that Pittsburgh Cincy game too. Um, you know, uh, he's at sixty eight hundred. So you're, you're uh, still... you know what you just <laughs> you just made me think of them. I don't know why I kept talking about Jacksonville and Atlanta. They're playing Indy. Um, yeah, take all that back. <laughs> Anyway, oh, yeah. uh, I, Indy is fairly average against, so I'll, I'll take that back. Um, anyway, move on. <laughs> but, yeah, so um, those are some of the guys. I mean, we've already talked about Rivers. He's not, not worth starting. But Bortles, you know, against Indy uh, at 6,000, he's looking pretty, you know, pretty favorable matchup. And Winston going against Tampa Bay. 
um, you know, he's he's sitting at 5,500 this week. Um, and, you know, against them already this year, he put up 19.58 points, which is a nice day, but in DraftKings terms, if you're not getting 30 to 40 points out of your guys, you're not winning millions of dollars. But he might no. be worth a look. Um, running back-wise, I love Stewart. Uh, I love Rawls again. I, I'm, I'm all in on Seattle right now. They're they're my pick to make a, a deep playoff run. I don't know about getting back to the Super Bowl, but they're getting hot at the right time. Maybe a little early, but um, love Rawls uh, and and also love Shady, who we already talked about. I think she's going to have a good good uh, homecoming game against uh, against the Birds. Um, uh, receivers, you're looking at Odell Beckham. He's just been a monster for DraftKings. Antonio Brown, uh, again, it's a it's a tougher game, tougher matchup, but he he puts up numbers when him and Roethlisberger are on the field together. Uh, Brandon Marshall, another guy I like, and I also like Alan Hearns too, uh, over Robinson. Um, Robinson coming off a huge DraftKings game last week, but be if Hearns so is back heavily, and healthy, so heavily. He'll be so heavily yeah. owned, but uh, Robinson's gonna get. Um, uh, who's the good corner from Indy? Um, uh, Vontae Davis. Yeah, he'll he'll yeah. he'll, he'll get so, he'll get Davis, and um, I mean that's he's he's not as good as as he, as I think a lot of people think he is, but he's still good enough to be able to to hold back Robinson to where he's probably not going to be worth the the uh the price he's going to be on a on a FanDuel or DraftKings or something like that. Well, that's the problem. I mean, Allen Robinson is coming in at $8,000 uh, of salary cap this this week after his 46.3 point performance. Wow. The weeks before that though, he had 16.6, 19 16.3, 16.1, 21.1, 21.8. 21. So the price is fairly justified. I think it's a bit high because of what he did last week, but he's the third, uh, I'm sorry, fourth highest receiver. No, take that back. Fifth highest receiver. Um, That's still a pretty crazy draft price right now. Between he's got to have a Julio big, Jones, big, big game. Hopkins and Robinson, and Indy's sitting at 29th against you know opposing receivers. So I still like Hearns better. I think his price tag's too high. Um, and AJ Green's another one who's sitting at 7,900. I love, I love me some Andy Dalton and AJ Green this week. I would stack those two big time. Yeah, I mean he's coming off a 26.8 point performance. So, you know, earlier this season against Pittsburgh, he rattled off 31.8. And that Pittsburgh was 26 against wide receiver I, ones. Yeah. AJ Green I, should have a good day. Yeah. So, Pittsburgh is those are guys I'm looking at. Uh, Marshall's another guy that I like. He's been just consistently putting up points. Um, he's got a pretty favorable matchup in Tennessee after seeing what um, what Allen Robinson just put up on him as the number one guy. 
So Marshall's a guy I like for, you know, he's he's a little bit higher up at 7,600. But the thing I like about DraftKings is you can stack these stud receivers and blow your salary there and still find a lower-priced quarterback that should hopefully produce um, and has a decent matchup. And running backs are such a crapshoot this year as it is, you know, you, you throw in a James cheap. White. Yeah, you throw yeah, in a James White if cheap. you really want and hope that he, you know, has his lightning in a bottle game. But, I mean, I think, I think a lot of teams shoot. last week, the one probably had Drone and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, picked, I, I played Drone last week in my in my draft game league. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was. I don't even he play it, I know. Worth the start. I, <laughs> I, I played him. It's pretty funny. I played him and, and David Johnson. In, in, yeah, uh, yeah, that's the other guy. At least I was two of my leagues. David Johnson and Drone. I think they were like the two dirt cheap plays, and it was like, well, why not? And I can just load up on all these top receivers. But yeah. All so, right. Well, that's. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. We went a little over on time. The baseball talk got away from us, but that's that's fine. Um, yeah, that's all I've got. Good luck to everybody in Week 14. If it's uh, last week of the regular season, first week of playoffs. Uh, hope you're back next week, which means you are still in the running. Um, have a good week, and uh, talk to you all next week. All right, see you. I know you made fun of my dance moves.